Welcome to the Prodigal and the Priest podcast, a podcast about faith, sports, and two friends from different cultures. Here are your hosts, Joey Scansella and Father Paul Bechter. Hello, everybody. Howdy, howdy. Sup? Nothing much. How are you? I'm good, man. Casual Friday, once yeah, again. Cash. I was getting my, my back worked on a little bit because I hurt my back again. Same <laughs> yeah. place where I broke it before. Yeah. I've been been struggling this last month. Have you Re- been re-injured like my back? Working out? Uh I think this was from lifting coolers full of drinks when I was uh preparing to host an event about this a month am- ago. This is amazing. <laughs> Oh no, man! I'm wounded, and then I then I fell sick. I got the cold. Then I got the bronchitis. Had to cancel all this stuff. Just been struggling. Just <laughs> struggle bus. But I'm feeling strong now. Bron- <laughs> Never felt better. Bronchitis is almost over. I tried to sing at mass the other day, and my lungs were burning a little bit. But mm. other than that, was uh, that the installation mass <laughs> that we were both? Wait, were you at the installation? Yeah, I was at. Oh that. yeah, yeah, yeah. You were at it. Yeah. Oh yeah, I was there. Oh, that's right, because. <laughs> You then nothing. came over to my house. We watched football <laughs> until I had to go back to work. And then you stayed, <laughs> held one of my children, and watched more football while I was slaving away, like trying to bring souls closer to Christ. Now Cowboy. now it's all coming back. Cowboys were winning. <laughs> I couldn't leave. Cowboys won. Yeah. That was. Yeah. Now, and didn't I you say leave. there's a rumor Cooper Rush is Catholic? Yes, I is heard it that. a rumor? I think it's a rumor. You don't I, think I've, he is? No, I, rumors can be true. I just I, I have no. Somebody told me that he was, I think, an Aggie and was Catholic, and the two things go together sometimes. Um. <laughs> For what percentage of it? Don't like sixty-five thousand people go to A and M? I've never been to A and M, but it seems like most of them graduate and then come to Saint Anne. So there's a lot. Uh, yeah, I've been a lot of Aggie Catholics. <laughs> this is <laughs> anyway. amazing. Anyway, um, yeah, that's what I heard, but I haven't done any research to follow up on it. Okay. No, somebody said that when uh, one when of the when chaplains... When a bell rings, an angel gets its wings. Yes, that's what someone said once. Also, they said um, that some priests in Dallas will celebrate Mass for the Cowboys or for the visiting team, and that Cooper Rush went to the Masses. So that's what makes that's the rumor. Well, going to mass on Sunday is a good start. Well, I guess, yeah. If 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 we judge it according to just that, that's our only factor for being like they're a good Catholic. I don't know if anybody said good Catholic. You you said it. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah. All right. right. This is yeah. So last time we talked about our sacraments series that we kicked off with baptism there's a a question on baptism that came in uh following us recording the episode and here's the question we're going to start with this and then we're going to jump into our second sacrament which we're actually going to do confirmation and we're going to talk about that sound good yeah sorry my mind's still distracted by cooper rush no by my spam folder like i I'm getting vocation emails going to my spam folder, and I'm not checking that folder because nothing ever went there. Don't you see it on your phone that you have a message in your spam? No. 
it's just it's it's because I had to migrate over to the the Microsoft world, mm. Outlook, all that stuff. It's taken me a whole year to learn how to use it. Just <laughs> I'm think, normally a fast learner. If we lose a vac- vocation because of you <laughs> and your spam I'm just, folder, I'm just like thinking, what what else have never, I missed? Yeah, exactly. Cooper Rush this being is, Catholic. This is someone who wanted to seriously discern diocesan priesthood, and because it was and in your spam folder, they don't anymore. No, they do. Thanks okay, be to God, so, they've been persistent. But some, someone else who knew me sent me a text and said, like, why haven't you responded? And I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> You're probably pulling the classic, it was in my spam folder. Oh, I thought I hit send. That's what he accused me of doing, too. I believe it. Oh, uh, all right. This well. from the pe- person who says Cooper Rush is a good Catholic. <laughs> all right. He's got a 2-0 record. Baptism. Here we go. The person says, I was baptized in the ordinary form, but years later learned that the ble- about the blessings and exorcisms of baptisms in the extraordinary form. Oh. Could I, for example, have my tongue blessed outside of baptism now since it wasn't part <laughs> of my baptism? Um, yes and no. Uh, like, yes, you can have your tongue yes, like, blessed. Yes, that's the yes like, part. Some. So they could bless your tongue. They're not going to do the form of it. That's right. like in that's baptism. preparatory for baptism, and um, like there's there's differences in the form of the rite, um, and you know some of them we can say like, man, I I wish that we had this prayer or this prayer, but none of those differences are so important. Mm-hmm. Like they're, they're preparatory for baptism. Right. Baptism is the real. <laughs> The real thing. And so, like, if you miss part of the preparatory uh, thing, it's it's not that big a deal. I'm yeah. just going to say it. It's it's not that big a deal. Say it. Be bold. Yeah. I'm. You know, I'm I'm going to say it. It's not that big a deal. You're feeling bold today since <laughs> so your bold. email. <laughs> I'm on my... Yeah, that's right. I'm riled up because of the spam folder situation. I'm on my third cup of coffee, and third I don't know why. Um, hey, it's sometimes one of those days. Bold. <clears throat> Yeah, so, I mean, we could go down into the sort of extraordinary form versus versus ordinary form. Um, and but then like, this would turn into a 14-part series. Yeah, 27-part series yeah, just yeah, yeah. on forms in general Yeah, before we go to sacraments. We can probably already count on Jack emailing us about the difference of different forms <laughs> yeah, with the within, the, yeah, within all of it. So, um, But, but yeah, so I, I don't want to minimize. Like, prayers are important. And you uh, heard what it we here, do, folks. he's <laughs> <Yeah>. minimizing <laughs> the importance of prayer. Prayer is not important. It doesn't matter what you say. No, it, it does. Um, but things that are preparatory for a sacrament, like we don't want to make such a big deal of the preparatory parts that we miss, like how much more important the sacrament is itself. Yep. And so the sacrament of baptism, like there's nothing incomplete after that about the sacrament, no matter which form um, of the the sacramental rite you received, um, right? It is a. I, I do want to affirm the desire, though. Um, so there's there's something that I've realized when I'm doing house blessings. Or it seems like a tangent, but it's not. Um, like, why do you? Why do we sprinkle the house with holy water? What are we trying to do there? And it just hit me one time in the midst of house blessing. We're we're baptizing symbolically baptizing the house we're immersing it 
through sprinkling holy water, uh, doing the symbolic immersion of the whole sort of place where we're living, our entire lives, uh, into God's life. That's that's what that's what the sacrament of baptism actually does to our soul when we right. receive it, and that's what holy water symbolizes. Um, that when we sprinkle something with holy water, we're recalling our baptism. Mm-hmm. And through that recollection, via the sacramental of holy water um, and the blessing, we're giving ourselves a, a chance to sort of enter more deeply into this reality that we've already been plunged into. Mm. So we're doing that uh, when we go around a house and we sprinkle holy water in all the rooms. It's not magic water. Like if you miss a spot, it's not like that spot hasn't been <laughs> um, right. Uh, claimed for God. Right. Um, there is a symbolic element to it, even though like the holy water is important. So I'd say the same thing about like this, this bit with the, the specific blessings in the extraordinary form, which aren't there in the ordinary form um, mm-hmm. as preparatory for baptism. Like, like there is sort of a like symbolic uh, parts for the whole kind of thing going on there. Mm-hmm. And um, we don't want to push that to a point of absurdity. Like, okay, you got to bless the tongue, but then what about the eyelash? But then what about like yeah. the ear hairs and stuff? I don't know. Do babies have, they're too young, right? They don't get ear hair yet. Um, <laughs> on to the next. <laughs> sorry. Next I'm, sacrament. I'm spiraling, I'm spiraling, spiraling. today. <laughs> All right. We're moving on to the next sacrament. Sacrament Short of answers confirmation. Today, That's right. Confirmation. Now we're going to confirmation second. And for a lot of people that will make sense. For some they'll say, well, well, I didn't receive confirmation until my third sacrament, you know, uh, in the sacraments of initiation, right? We have baptism. We have confirmation and we have first communion. Now, the reason I'm doing this, I've been in charge here, confirmation, mm. what, five, six, in seven charge. years? I don't know, something like who's, that. Who's bold now? <laughs> Based on my job description and title, <laughs> sure. Um, I've seen a lot of confirmations in my life as a youth minister because a lot of time youth ministry and confirmations are paired together. And the number one thing and the reason that I want to put it second is because worldwide it is also not necessarily a norm that it is done at a later time like it is in the United States. And even in parts of the United States, good example, Tyler, which is very close to us, the Diocese of Tyler, mm-hmm. they have something called restored order, which is done where confirmation is done at the time of like their, their celebration of their first communion mass, they do it mm. there. So they do, you've been baptized, you've been confirmed, right? And then you receive your first Holy Communion. The reason is, is because it tends to be the mistake in that people say, yeah, confirmation, you've become an adult in the church. And that couldn't be far, like farther from the truth, right? Um, it is not about you becoming an adult in the church or else it never would have been like available to infants. Right. 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 Like if that was the logic now I understand it though, like, you know, we'll get into it when we talk about first communion is in the Byzantine, right? Correct me if I'm wrong, but you have a child receiving all three sacraments usually. At yeah. the same time. So yeah. first communion, uh, confirmation, and 
baptism. So we'll get into that next time. But just to toss out confirmation, that's why we're talking about a second here. I know many people are going to have hot takes on that. They always do. They love to tell me I'm wrong. No, it is about them choosing their faith for themselves. No, their parents chose their faith at baptism when last time we read the script and said, do you choose the Catholic faith for them, right? Like, what do you want of them, right? We want salvation. We want eternal life. And so I got the order for the conferral of confirmation here. Um, the wow. uh, document. Yeah. Thank you. Some of us are prepared. Uh, okay. I thought so. that was restricted. Is <laughs> this like area 51? <laughs> like not a lot. It's probably oh, on some yes. right book that you could just download online anyway. Yeah, so confirmations, right. I've seen tons of confirmations. I love confirmation. Personally, I, uh, I, I'll just, I'll be bold. Okay. I am totally for restored order. If I can get my child, the graces, the earlier, the better. That being said, once it hits a certain point, I'm for delaying it until they're older because I do feel there's this weird in between age of like sixth through eighth grade um, that just gets a little wonky. And then I'm like either either do it late in high school or do it early on. Just just like pick one. Um, and I wish the bishops if I had one superpower, it'd be like, could we get the bishops all on one page on this? Mm. One age. Right. Yeah. Instead of every diocese being able to decide. That'd be a pretty cool superpower. That would. So just like unite the bishops. <laughs> yeah. So the order for the it's conferral like John seventeen. That yeah. they may be one. That's right. The order for conferral of confirmation. Right. Uh, so you have the in, in, introductory rights. Um, it is usually the case that the bishop will celebrate the confirmation mass. Right. Although priests are given, from what I understand, on certain days, all priests are allowed to confirm. Right. We have Pentecost. Yeah. So those are specific faculties that are given. Um, the bishop is the ordinary well he's just the ordinary that's what he's called but yeah. uh he's the ordinary minister um meaning uh, he is <clears throat> most of the time you're going to see a bishop doing a confirmation yeah uh for a priest to do a confirmation he has to be given a faculty a specific permission by the bishop right um and in dallas anyway we have kind of a standing permission given uh, every time someone is, say, made a pastor or assigned to a parish or a place, mm -hmm. they're given permission to do confirmations on Easter and on Pentecost. And also, uh, I thought Christ the King. Christ the King, I think that that may be more of a new thing. Okay. Um, we do see a decent amount on Christ the King. Yeah. Yeah. Here at San Am, we, we tend to do confirmations there over the last couple of years. But that's that's really like the last three years, right? We didn't do yeah. it before that. Yeah, I think so. So I don't know if it's made if that has made its way into faculties for for all priests in Dallas or if that's a St. Anne specific faculty. Right. So you get a sick call, then first question, right? Uh you get a sick call and uh the person on their deathbed has turned towards the Lord, they want to be baptized, confirmed, receive their first holy communion. Um so you're not allowed to give confirmation. Or are you? In danger of death, you are. So in danger of death, you are without asking permission. Is that what I'm hearing yeah. you say? Now, when would be a case that you are allowed to give it, but you do need to ask permission? Uh, that would be any any other time. So like 
So like uh, allowed to give it, but do need to ask permission. Like so that's good. that's kind of the same thing, right? Well, so in in theory, I'm always allowed to do it with right, permission. Right. Exactly. Sorry. I mean, in the case, let's use this example: someone not in danger of death, baptized Catholic, um, or yeah, we'll just stick with baptized Catholic to make it simple. Baptized Catholic, they've had a reversion to their faith. Mm-hmm. Um, they desire the sacrament. They never received the sacrament of confirmation. They just went through baptism, yeah. first communion. They come. They've been prepping. They don't need to wait for the Easter vigil. It's really meant the Easter vigil for the catechumens, right? right. For those unbaptized. Um, but it falls in that weird time, like we're out of anything being close. So mm-hmm. there's this random weekend or a it's daily like mass or something, or something like that um, with permission. So you would like write for delegation, right? Yes. To do a confirmation. You wait for approval. So what happens hypothetically if you did not wait for the approval. Oh, like if I just went rogue? Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's invalid. I think it is invalid. Um, I don't think that's just a matter of laicity. Uh, I think it's a matter of validity. Yeah. Um, like this, the sacrament confirmation is really closely tied to uh, the sacrament of um, Episcopal ordination, of being a bishop. Mm. Um, and that's why like, even in, in canon law, it talks about if it is a priest who is confirming and not the bishop himself, he still has to use the sacred chrism, the oil, that was blessed by the bishop. Yep. Like he needs the permission of the bishop and he needs to use the oil that was blessed by the bishop. Yep. It's not something a priest can just do. Um, it's something that he needs this sort of delegated authority of the bishop. Yeah. Uh, because of what the sacrament is. Yeah. Um, Love it. Yeah, I think there's a connection there with the the sort of the role, the gift of the Holy Spirit received in the sacrament of confirmation and uh, the hierarchical um, charism of the bishop. Yep, love it. So you have the introductory rites done by the bishop, um, right? So like the peace be with you, with your spirit. They open up in their prayer, Um which is beautiful. Grant, we pray, almighty and merciful God, that the Holy Spirit coming near and dwelling graciously within us may make of us a perfect temple of his glory through Christ our Lord. And so they start with the opening introductory rites, and then they go into the celebration of the word, right? Like, so the liturgy of the word. We have um, certain readings within different rites that they always give a choice of certain readings, right? So I know here at St. Anne's, we tend to choose the reading regarding Ezekiel and the dry bones for the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. And then the New Testament, we usually choose Acts 2, which talks about like um, the breaking of the bread, the you know community, the prayers devoted themselves uh, to the sacraments, all of that. And um, 242. The out- 242. 242. And the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. So... Um, and then the gospel, I think, is usually from John, which is, which John? Oh, I think it is the one like, but now I'm going to send, I must go so that I can send the advocate, the counselor, right? The Holy yeah, Spirit. 15. 14 or 15, yeah, one, of, one those. of those. So, so there's two Holy Spirit mentions in those. So we go through the liturgy of the word. Um, then the bishop <laughs> usually gives a homily. And after it... Um, the bishop then comes forward 
and we'll ask for those to be received into confirmation to please stand. And then he'll pray a prayer over them. And it's pretty long, so I'm not going to read all of it. But essentially, it's calling on the Holy Spirit. And uh, the apostles who had received the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost in fulfillment of the Lord's promise had a power to complete the work of baptism by giving of the Holy Spirit, as we read in Acts of the Apostle. This is how the prayer begins by the bishop. So it's really, it's confirming, right? Like just what it's saying there, it is completing the work of baptism by the giving of the Holy Spirit, right? Like we receive, and I know you've seen this analogy before, sometimes you love it, sometimes you hate it, whatever. We do it in confirmation here, right? They've been given kind of this dose of the Holy Spirit at baptism, and it's coming to this completion, this fullness of receiving the Holy Spirit in confirmation. You know, we've seen it with the chocolate milk done, right? Net ministries. Have you no, ever seen this in our... Milk? No, No? No. Are you being serious? No. no it's like you, <laughs> like you, you bring out, milk a, and you bring you out a glass of milk, and then you tell a kid, hey, take a sip of the milk. And they're like, oh, yeah, it tastes like milk. And they're like, what if I put in the Holy Spirit? Like, you know, the Hershey syrup. Played this by is the what Holy you Spirit. do on net. This is this. Well, we did it on net, and then you do, like, I, I know so oh many parishes gosh. that do it. And you, it's like, now, now, now take a drink. And they're like, yeah, it still tastes like milk. Oh, why not? You have to stir it up right and you get more outpouring of the holy spirit stirred up in confirmation the completion it's an analogy all right get out of here okay so <laughs> okay. anyway yeah so um but i love that that it starts I'm really off into like, it by the way <laughs> there you go um i love the beginning of it uh just saying that like this is the power to complete the work of baptism by the giving of the holy spirit as we read in the acts of the apostles and and that's why people that want to argue with me is like it's not about it's about the completion of the Holy Spirit. It's not about becoming an adult in the church and choosing your faith. That's something you do every day by your actions, mm. not by just saying, oh, mm. now I'm confirmed. Getting fired up. I am fired I like up it. because I deal with it all the time being like, well, this is how we need to get kids back or active in their faith. Or that. No, you need to get kids active in their faith by saying you're taking them to four you know, baseball practices a week, but you're taking them to one hour like for church on Sunday. And you expect them like, oh, it's just as important to them. No. You're paying for extra things and special batting gloves and this practice and that practice, like all these things. No wonder they love that and could care less about God. Like they're not into it, you know, but it's like, what example do they have? You know, so I, I mean, it's, it's a prayer for myself, like because the things of the world are more alluring, <laughs> Right. Like it's easier for me to think, oh, it'd be really cool. Friend like plays, you know, soccer one day for like, uh, I don't know, a division one school. Right. Yeah. Or do I say, man, it'd be really cool if Fran's just a holy woman who is like devoted to the Lord and has a relationship with the Holy Spirit. Anyway. Okay. Off my soapbox. Here no, we go. I, I think it's great. But, <laughs> but can I, can I play devil's advocate? Absolutely. Um, so even though you totally, agree with me, totally agree with you, <laughs> but in some sense, could we not say, wait, don't I normally play? I know this is, this is a really the weird roles are reversed. Um, so totally agree with you that, uh, that the, the essence of the sacrament is not like a coming of age thing. Right. Um, or a taking the faith sort of for myself, becoming an adult. Um, but could you say that there's a connection between 
um, entering more deeply into the life of a disciple of Christ who is guided by the Holy Spirit and lives through his gifts mm-hmm. and taking my faith more seriously. I kind of just said the same thing twice, but yeah, could there, is, is there, is there a, a correlation? Is there right? a connection between like what the sacrament of confirmation represents as this like deepening into the Christian life? And yeah. as canon law says, uh, being obliged more firmly to be witnesses of Christ by word and deed. So between that and like me becoming an adult and starting to take my faith more seriously. Right. I'm terrible at being the devil's advocate. I, know. I don't know. I just want to just want to teach the thing. I can't ask the question. So what I would say back is like <clears throat> I can totally see that and understand that and appreciate that view. Um but I think we're putting like a limit on God's free gr- grace given of like the Holy Spirit like has been sent to dwell in us and that that is going to continue whether you receive that at like baptism or whether you receive that in 10th grade, that's going to take intentionality each and every day on continuing to foster that relationship with the Holy Spirit. Um, And that I don't think like it's like contingent on like, well, only because you have this now can you work to be a better disciple. Right. Okay. I like it. So what would you say to somebody? Well, I I also, I I don't want to do that. I actually want to want to go off... um, what you're saying. You're like, I want to re devil's advocates. <laughs> no, I want to double down <laughs> so, on, on something point. that's implied in there. Um, also, I just want to publicly apologize to everybody for my like crazy brain right now. Mm. Um, I don't know what's going on. Uh, Post bronchitis syndrome. Um, PBS. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so, There's a good example. Okay. <laughs> I think sometimes uh, we don't take kids seriously enough. I know mm-hmm. I struggle with it because I don't really understand how much kids understand at different ages. Right. Um, but do we do we not take them seriously enough as people who can really live out their faith mm-hmm. in a in a strong way, or the impact that they can have? I, I heard about a homily that Father Edwin gave uh, some time ago, where he said um, like. Kids, you have real power. Um, like, talk to your parents about the faith. Yeah. Um, and it's just, like, that would have never occurred to me to say. Mm-hmm. I just don't think of kids as that way. Yeah. Um, so I think implied in this discussion about confirmation and when it mm-hmm. when it should be, if we're saying, like, no, confirmation's about becoming an adult in your faith and taking it seriously, there's sort of an implied, like, everything before that wasn't taken that seriously. Right. Um, and isn't that big a deal. Right. And so you're just getting started at like, you know, confirmation at 14 or whatever. Right. Years old. Um, yeah. So, well, and then you get into the complex situation and, you know, as a parent, this scares me just being transparent for a minute is, you know, baptism, I promise to raise them in the faith. Like, in my best ability to have them fully initiated in the Catholic church. Right. So what happens when they're 15 and they say, I do not want this. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, and not to say, Oh, well this covers me. Cause just cause I can get it to them early. Like they're good. No, 
if you're given something like you're given a present and you never open it, doesn't matter that you got the present, right? Like we still need to continue to live it out, foster it in our kids' lives. But like I would want it for them so much sooner so that like it's like they have this because I do see it each and every year that the parents desire it for their kids. Their kids are like, I could care less. Mm. It's sad. Anyway, okay. On that depressing moment, let's move on. (laughs) All right, so uh, Bishop extends his hand, prays the prayer, um, and then does a renewal of baptismal promises. Love it. Drawing back in on, hey, your parents promised this, right? And now you were to be confirmed, stand and says, like, do you renounce Satan, his works, empty promises? Do you believe in God the Father, creator of heaven and earth, Jesus Christ, his only son, who was born of the Virgin Mary, suffered death, buried, rose again from the dead to see the right hand of the Father? Do you believe in the Holy Spirit, Lord, giver of life, who today through the sacrament of confirmation is given to you in a special way, just as he was given to the apostles on the day of Pentecost? And do you believe in the Holy Catholic Church, communion of saints, forgiveness of sins, resurrection of the body, and life everlasting, right? And each of the, one of those times, the confirmandi responds. That's a plural. Just just thought I'd toss it out, you know. Um, yes. Which, I'm going to come back to it. Plural of Jesus. What is it? Jesus. Jesus. No. <laughs> no. It's a plural I, of Jesuits. Is it? No. <laughs> I was like, no, it's not. Um Okay, so they say I do. Then the bishop is like, this is our faith. This is the faith of the church. We're proud to profess in Christ Jesus. Then the bishop, while the priest associated with him on the altar, remained by its side, it says, standing facing the people with hands joined, says this. Dearly beloved, let us pray to God, the Almighty Father, for these, his adopted sons and daughter, already born again to eternal life and baptism, that he will graciously pour out the Holy Spirit upon them to confirm them with his abundant gifts and through his anointing, confirm them more fully to Christ, the Son of God. He prays in silence, and then the bishop lays hands over all those to be confirmed, as do the priests who are associated with him. But the bishop says alone, Almighty God and Father, who brought those, your servants, to new birth by water and the Holy Spirit, freeing them from sin, send upon them, O Lord, the Holy Spirit, the paraclete, give them the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and fortitude, spirit of knowledge and piety, fill them with the spirit of fear of the Lord, through Christ our Lord. Amen. And then you go into the anointing. So what happens is sponsor behind them goes uh, the the candidate and the, the sponsor walk up to the bishop. The bishop dips his thumb in the chrism, right? Which really I didn't understand until I saw it for the first time ever, like however long ago it was because I wasn't paying attention at my own confirmation. But um, they really, they put a cotton ball usually in and then put the oil in. So it's not just like you're you're not just going into like a like a huge, you know, a jar vat. yeah, of oil and like dripping <laughs> all over somebody. And so um, yeah. we're we're really into the cotton ball system uh, in the church. In Dallas like, or in the like no, in, in the United in the church it's oh, a, okay. it's a really I said that weird, but it's it's a really common thing. Like even the priest will carry this little metal container around uh, with the that. oil for anointing. And that's not just oil in there. It's a cotton ball soaked in oil because uh, it's a lot easier to deal with. And also when you're done with it, yeah, uh, how do you, you dispose can burn of it? it 
and it's a lot easier just to like light that cotton ball on fire, throw it into a, a fire pit or something, um, than it is to like find some place where you can pour oil exactly. into a fire. You know, something to bring up here is we both witness it during probably the only time in our life, or I don't know, maybe you'd seen it beforehand, or I guess in a hospital case it might apply. Um, but, um, you know, during COVID, when we had confirmations, we used individual Q-tips. Yeah, that's like kind of weird. In, yeah, <laughs> for sure. But I remember our our pastoral year seminarian at that point, uh, Greg uh, Schettini, mm-hmm. he, uh, I remember him like collecting them all to take to like, burn i was like what yeah. are you gonna do with these he's like uh, i'm gonna light them on fire i'm gonna like, incinerate these puppies and yeah so um yes yeah, so the cotton ball right dips in he makes the sign of the cross on their forehead and says the name they chose for confirmation which is usually after a saint right um mm-hmm. so what name did you choose peter yeah i chose nicholas okay yeah yeah yeah, really? Peter's kind of, you know, kind of just like standard and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know who he was when I chose him. <laughs> That's how badly I prepared for my confirmation. Oh um, my goodness. I, this was in the early days of the internet back then. So and you're I, like famous Catholic saints. Sort of. Pretty yeah. much. Yeah. And I just printed something off and we had to show it to the bishop because in Bermuda, everything's real small. So the bishop could go to all the parishes, mm-hmm. all six of the parishes or whatever. And there were probably, probably like, like personally interviewed. Every yeah. Kid. yeah, exactly. He was supposed to. And I don't remember the interview, but I do remember printing off something I had just copy pasted about oh, St. Peter. Just like, <laughs> I think Saint it was pre Google. St. <laughs> Peter was the first Pope of the Catholic <laughs> church is Wikipedia. Like I thought it, yeah, this is pre Wikipedia too. Um, no, what year did Wikipedia? I want to fact check that. What year <laughs> Go did Wikipedia ahead, start? It. This has got to be pre. This is like dial-up. And okay. I chose I chose St. Peter because I thought it was cool that he was called The Rock. And I wasn't think, thinking of like Dwayne The Rock Johnson or anything. I just thought it was a cool name. And I was like, all right, whatever. Fisherman, Rock. I can get behind that as a Bermudian. <laughs> what year um, were you confirmed? That's a really good question. How old uh, were you? Maybe 12 or something. Okay. It's so like 1990, 1980. Wait, wait, wait 2000. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Crazy brain. Um, Yeah, somewhere around the year 2000. Well. Give or take one or two years. Oh, that's important because Wikipedia launched in 2001. So. It was pre- it, I think it was pre-2001. All right. Okay. I so was, I think it was pre-9-11. Okay. Um, so mine was Nicholas and... But jumping back to the right. So he says, Peter or Nicholas, right? Like, be sealed with the gift of the Holy Spirit. And he says, and you say, amen. And then he says, peace be with you. And you say, and with your spirit. Now, my dad talks about a time... Exactly. I was just going to bring it up. <laughs> Talks about a time that after that, you kind of got like a love tap from the bishop. You yeah. got a little kind of like, in the face. like, yeah, smacked in the face. So go explain that to somebody who did not see that slash. What was the whole point of that? 
Well, it's because at the sacrament of confirmation, you are really taking your first step into adulthood in the faith. <laughs> Just kidding. Sorry. Joey's over here nodding along and then he's like, wait a second. Wait a minute. <laughs> um, Welcome to reality. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> I it's actually, like your parents kicking you out of the house at 18, like pay for all your bills. Whop. Yeah. It's cause that it's cause confirmation's a rite of passage and, and that's why. Yeah. Um, exactly. I actually, exactly. I actually don't know, but I am going to read Canon 879. Um, <laughs> so I'm just going to defer cause, that. Cause I can see a couple possibilities in there. So Canon 879 explains like really succinctly what confirmation does. It says the sacrament of confirmation strengthens the baptized. So already you can have this like sort of like, I don't know, smack you on the cheek <laughs> like you're strong now. Um, obliges them more firmly to be witnesses of Christ. Like, wake up. <laughs> you, you now have to be vigilant um, in being a witness to Christ by word and deed and to spread and defend the faith. So it's this mm. defense, right? Um. It imprints a character. So that's a sacramental character. It mean, that means that it like it does something permanent to your soul. It changes you um, in a way that can't ever be undone. Um, enriches by the gift of the Holy Spirit, the baptized, continuing on the path of Christian initiation, and binds them more perfectly to the church. I feel like somewhere in there is the answer, but I'm not sure <laughs> which of the things. Um yeah, I don't. I don't know. That's you a, don't know. Yeah, I don't. You know. don't know. But that was done at one point. So I we'll think it's kind of cool. That. Yeah, I mean, if you understand it, yeah, or if if you think that there's meaning behind it, at least it's kind of right. cool. Otherwise, it would be really random and kind of kind of shocking. Right. So they're confirmed, right? And most of the time, they you know, I see kids that like it's you know they're waiting for that moment and uh um you know it comes and goes being like i'm going to be overwhelmed by the power of the holy spirit and a lot of people like just never experience that and so um or never have experienced that and i think once again it goes to that larger calling of saying i mean is this something we're living out each and every day you know we did a, a podcast episode on like a life in the spirit, you know, kind of, mm -hmm. and, and like how to have a relationship with the Holy spirit and something I'm huge on. Like I pray for my kids to have a relationship with the Holy spirit for the Holy spirit to radically transform their lives, challenge their lives. But then when we get that, like we're always kind of like, "Whoa's God, why is this happening? And I was like, well, I prayed for it. Right. Like we prayed for this outpouring of the spirit, but I don't think a lot of people really want it because what comes is, I don't know, sacrifice. Like what comes is being uncomfortable. What comes is sometimes a tough road here on earth and we don't want that. And I, I don't know. I just, you know, I, I feel like, you know, as, as a parent saying, you know, like do we pray for our kids to have this outpouring, you know, of the Holy Spirit each and every day of their lives? Because if you do, it's inconvenient. Like it's going to inconvenience you in some way. Like whether there's like a little tapping, a little prompting, like I've told the story before, if any, you know, former youth are listening and probably be like, oh, I heard this, but it was like that story of like Nikki was, um, pregnant with Dom and I don't know, she, 
think was having a craving or uh, something. Um, I know I had to go to sort of get bluebell ice cream. And so I pull out of the alley. I'm driving to Kroger on MacArthur. And I almost hit like two people crossing the road. And it, it turned out they were like Mormon missionaries. And I felt this prompting in my heart, like clear as day, offer them a ride. And I just turned left and went to Kroger. I didn't offer him a ride. Like I ignored yeah, it. Yeah, I've heard that story. And <laughs> you're like, and there, there it ends there. <laughs> There's the problem. Yeah. Um, I go back. I tell Nikki about it. She's like eating the ice cream. I'm all distraught, this and that. And I was just like, man, I didn't listen to that prompting. Like I felt like the spirit was saying, give them a ride. So we, the following week, like Wednesday night, night in the park, go to night in the park. It's where we have a night in the park with youth (laughs) and we play sports all of a sudden pulling out because it was like getting canceled because of rain and thunderstorming. It started raining and thunderstorming. I'm in this minivan, which somebody had donated to us. Um, amazing family donated to us, but it was kind of like a little ghettoy. It had like a huge dent in the door. The door kind of didn't open that great. All these things starting to rain. I see the same two Mormon missionaries walking on the side. I screech off to the side, roll open the van and like get in the car. <laughs> they get in. There is no like that I know of conversion in them. Like, you know, like we talked about what you do. Oh, I, I work for the church, you know, this and that. But it was just like, man, there was like this prompting and to be open to the call of that, right? Like sometimes it's like inconvenient. You're going to the grocery store and you're like, I don't want to stop and listen to the Holy Spirit. <laughs> And so I just want to encourage like in this moment to, to pray, pray for an outpouring of the Holy Spirit, pray for that inconvenience. Um, one thing I want to talk on before we, we wrap this up, I was trying to find it. Um, I haven't marked in my catechism and, and of course I, uh, uh, didn't bring it, but, um, all the symbols of the Holy Spirit, like in the catechism, it talks about like the Holy Spirit can be yeah. like, right. Like, like the dove, dove, fire, fire, water, water, water thumb. Yeah. <laughs> the digit, uh, digit of God. Yeah. Like, Digi-tuesday. like all these things. And so, um, I just think it's kind of like a cool little nuance and thing that, you know, like we hear the word paraclete, right. Um, um, which here in, I know in, um, Catechism 692, it says, uh, when he proclaims and promises the coming of the Holy Spirit, Jesus calls himself the, he, uh, sorry, Jesus calls him the paraclete, literally, he who is called to one side, right? Paraclete is commonly translated to counselor, but he who comes to one side, and Jesus is the first counselor the Lord who called the Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth. So I just, uh, I love that. That's where we get paraclete, counselor, um, advocate, right? Like all these different terms that the Holy Spirit is there um, just leading us and guiding us into a closer relationship with the Lord. Um, I've done a lot of talking this time. Do you have anything? Oh, so after the confirmation, then we enter into the liturgy of the Eucharist if it's within a mass. And so, and then... And there's pictures in the right on the way when you're done. You take pictures, you know. Oh, yeah. Each yeah, no, no, it's the most kidding. important part of the right. Exactly. If that doesn't happen, you have to go back and do everything again. <laughs> it's invalid. Um, 
Any other thoughts on uh, confirmation? Yeah. This is a pretty straightforward one compared to, I feel like, some others that, like, have unique, like, anybody can baptize. Or that, like, there's a pretty... Yeah, this this one the the rite itself is is tighter um, and more I don't know yeah uh, I've got two thoughts and I'll try and get them out with the the sort of current state of crazy brain I'm in um, <laughs> I don't know what's going on I don't know if it's this cup of coffee or what but um, first thought uh, during COVID I had to. Uh, confirm a lot more people than I ever expected to confirm. Mm. It's not a normal thing for a priest to do tons of confirmations, right. uh, especially like a newish parochial vicar. Um, but COVID was weird times, and so we got extraordinary faculties um, to uh, confirm. And so yeah. I I ended up confirming like a bunch of teenagers one time. Mm. Um, and I remember that I was there. Yeah, because you're like. <laughs> king of the confirmation (laughs) capo um and i remember like i was kind of proud of the the homily or at least the idea of the homily i don't know if it was that well executed but i remember thinking like i shouldn't be here and i actually started the homily (laughs) kind of like that um i should not be here today it should be the bishop Mm. this is this sacrament is tied to the bishop but the sacrament also prepares you to do things that you're not expecting you're going to have to do. Right. Like that's part of what the sacrament does. It strengthens you so that you can be a witness of Christ by word and deed and spread and defend the faith. It it strengthens you by the gifts of the Holy Spirit yeah. to have to do things that you don't think you're able to do or didn't expect that you would have to do. And so I remember there was sort of this meta thing going on. Um where it's like this this very situation is actually kind of what the sacrament of confirmation is for. Um, I remember really liking that idea, and it just it sort of has affected the way I see the sacrament. Afterwards, mm. thinking like, what other situations do I end up in? And it happens all the time as a priest, and I think just anybody, um, like constantly feeling unprepared or unequipped for something, and having to to turn back and to, to lean on Christ and on the power of the Holy Spirit uh, to supply in that moment and thinking like that's actually what this sacrament is. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's one thing. I said <laughs> I had two. I'm not sure what the other one is. Crazy brain. <laughs> I love it. There's so many more things too we could have gone into, like the gifts of the Holy Spirit, like the fruits of the Holy yeah. Spirit. All the, I remember now, but I'm not going to jump back in. Yeah, yeah, we're not going to jump. We're gonna we're gonna let it go. Okay. The apostles so, received the Holy Spirit twice. That's what I wanted to say. All right, we'll start next one with that. All right, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> so next time, first communion. Okay. We'll finish out the sacraments of initiation. Mm, so in the restored got, order. Yeah, you got Seriously, any yeah. uh, questions, send them in or on our sacrament series. On behalf of Joey Scancella, Father Paul Bechter, we want to say take care. God bless. <laughs>